the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I am that aforementioned Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The more things change, the more I continue to come back to the basic concept of what the choice do we have to get to retirement. Stocks, bonds, real estate. I prefer my real estate to be the home that I live in. And maybe a publicly traded REIT or two. I don't like owning a 30-year mortgage where I'm counting on someone to pay it. I see the risks involved in it. Are there rewards? Absolutely. But there's also risks. Dr. Jeffrey Rosen is online, chiefeconomistbriefing.com. Dr. Rosen, how are you today? Good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Um, it's a big Ben Bernanke day. He's a big banker. What are you making of his testimony so far today? Uh, basically, I think he's been consistent with what he uh, you know, has been saying all along. You know? The economy is still fragile. We still have, you know, significant headwinds. He doesn't see a reason to uh, change quantitative easing policies today. Probably not going to change it, you know, until things get better. And, you know, that, that's really all he can say. And yet we've heard from some Federal Reserve bankers that if I were in charge, we would have started easing off the purchases What's going on amongst the bankers, per se, as far as the future of economic policy? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. It, when people are talking about tightening or, you know, not specifically raising interest rates, which was, you know, commonly thought of as tightening, but even reducing quantitative easing, which is a form of tightening in today's economic climate, it makes no economic sense. I mean, when you look at where the economy is today, and you look at what the Fed's goal is in terms of maintaining price stability and maintaining, uh, you know, full employment, we're not hitting either of those two marks. So there is no reason to tighten, and tightening would be counterproductive. It would be making things more difficult. It would lower inflation expectations more than it currently is. It would raise the unemployment rate, which is already elevated. These are not things that need to be done today. I tend to look at our economy as very Goldilocksian. You don't want it too hot. You don't want it too cold. You kind of want it somewhere in the middle. Where is somewhere in the middle for employment in your mind? Six percent. Six percent? So yeah. you're kind of going with that L. Aryan new normal? No, I, I mean, I think that the 
the market is shifting a little bit in terms of the structure of the economy. And where we're used to a 4.8%, 5% um, structural unemployment rate, a full unemployment rate, as you will, uh, maybe a little too low. We're seeing the CBO raise their estimates of full unemployment to over 5%. So, you know, 5 to 6%, somewhere in there, seems like a pretty good guesstimate. You know, when, when things get to 6%, I'll be happy. You know, it's just a matter of getting there. I know you're not going to answer this with a lot of confidence, but when do we get there, Dr. Jeff Rosen? <laughs> um, well, we're moving there pretty quickly because a lot of people are leaving the labor force. If that continues, you know, we may get there by the end of the year. But that's not what we want. You know, we, we the number itself is kind of just an abstract idea. What we want to see is the idea of people finding jobs that want to find jobs as opposed to people finding jobs because, you know, you know it's not, not everybody can, just, you know, a select few, and that select few is lowering the unemployment rate. You know, we, we want a more broad-based uh, response in the employment sector. Speaking with Dr. So Jeff Ray, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Explain to our listeners what leaving the labor force means and why we should care. Well, the way the unemployment rate is um, is calculated, it basically says that you have to be looking for a job to be counted in the labor force. If you are not looking for a job for any number of reasons, including disability or because you just can't find one and you're just sick of looking or because of retirement, you're not counted. So what we've seen over the last several years is that the number of people that are looking for a job have decreased substantially. Now, some of that is due to uh, normal demographic factors, including the fact that the baby boomers are aging and, you know, they're taking the fact that they don't have a job now and, and they're just going to retire. But you're seeing a lot of younger uh, workers or potential workers that have just given up. And when you give up, you're not counted as unemployed, even though probably would be, you know, willing to take a job if a job came to you. So the unemployment rate masks those people that would take a job if it was available, but they're just not looking for it. So it's artificially lower than what it should be. I tend to tell people don't look at statistics in one month. Look at the trend, and the trend in housing has clearly been improving for a couple years now. Today we got April existing home sales. I'm actually looking at briefing.com right now. 4.97 million actual expectations were for 4.98 million. Do you read any anything into the numbers today on on housing? You know what I read in today is that the number of the the, the amount of distressed properties that are being sold have fallen substantially, and and that's important because it means that the people that are buying are buying you know homes that people live in, and that's a good thing. It's also raising prices, and it's going to influence people to put their homes for sale and try to and try to move the market ahead. You know, the, ter- the total number of sales that happened today, or happened in April, the 4.97, you know, for all intents and purposes, the, that number hasn't really changed since November of 2012. But what we're seeing is that the makeup of those sales are being more non-distressed properties, which is a, a clear sign of health in the, in the sector. 
You recently penned a piece on briefing.com, the continued failure of quantitative easing, and you basically make a conclusion about inflation, that it's failing to increase inflation expectations, and yet the stock market's inflating. There is some inflation going on due to quantitative easing. Am I wrong? Asset prices are inflated in terms of the stock market, uh, right. probably yes. I mean, okay. that, that I would agree with. Uh, yields are so low that, you know, you don't want to be in bonds. You have to find some kind of yield. You go to the stock market. But prices of goods, you know, that people are buying, that is not increasing. And the expectations are really, really weak in so much that the real yields or real expected yields of bonds are negative going out to about 18 years from today. So, you know, if you're looking at investing in a bond, you're expecting to get, you know, less than what you're putting into it, just based on inflation. So the goal of quantitative easing is to raise inflation expectations, which would lower your expected return, which would make it so that you would want to spend more on a hard investment as opposed to savings, which means that, you know, stock prices go up and, and, and things like that. And that's what, uh, you know, the Fed is trying to do. And my argument in that paper is that inflation expectations have actually uh, come down a little bit, meaning that the, um, the quantitative easing mechanism that's supposed to help the economy is not having as much of a stimulative effect because the real returns have improved. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you really want to receive a uh, – you know, a zero real return over 19 years or 18 years, but, you know, that's better than, you know, in January when you were expected to receive, you know, a negative 0.2% return over that same time frame. Nice dig talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but we only have a couple minutes left. Um, anything that we need to be aware of, Dr. Rosen, uh, that you want to put on our radars? Uh, the durable goods number is coming out on uh, Friday, and I think that has a very big potential of coming in well below expectations. Um, one of the things that we've seen in durable goods is this up and down movement over the past several months, mainly because of aircraft have been uh, surging one month and then pulling back in another. And what you're seeing is that we had a big pullback in aircraft in in March, and people are assuming that that aircraft orders returned strong in April, but if you looked at the Boeing numbers that were released uh, late last week or, or two weeks ago, they reported um, better than expected sales in terms of the number of aircraft, but the values of those aircraft were much, much weaker. So if you look at the values, we probably may see another uh, negative durable goods orders number just based on you know, where aircraft is. So that that real strong positive gain that we've been seeing up, down, up, down may not, you know, occur this month, even though people just expect it to happen. Can I throw out one just ridiculous question? How would you grade, grade our economy A through F? Where are we in your view? Let's see. We're, we're passing, but it's borderline. You know, we're not above average. We're not excelling in anything. Um, and there's still there's room for improvement, and there's definite room to get worse, and, and that's the scary thing. Thanks for joining me. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Briefing.com, I will say this till I'm blue in the face. Independent live market analysis, they're the best resource out there for really grasping what's going on today in the U.S. and international equity markets. You can find out more at Briefing.com. It's briefing.com. And again, every Wednesday in the 830 segment, 
Dr. Jeff Rosen joins me, chiefconomistbriefing.com. Every Tuesday, we get the chief market strategist uh, in the 7.30 time clock. If you don't hear it, go to kdow.biz, kdow.biz, get a podcast to show. Incredibly insightful. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to really focus you in on getting your stuff together so you can get to retirement. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.